0: expected tonight. I thank you that your word and your truth is amazing. I thank you, Lord, that you would even simply want to use the preaching of your word to bring about life and hope and help to people tonight as we come around it. I come expectant, Father, in the name of Jesus. And if you do, how about we say, Amen. Thank you, everybody. Brilliant. Look at someone and say, hey, g'day. We're going to have a great night. (laughs) Thanks, team. I want to read to you. Uh, I want to read to you from uh, a little book of the Old Testament called Daniel. You remember the story of Daniel in the lions' den? Remember that one? It, maybe you've never heard of it. Well, I'm not going to talk about that tonight. But I just wanted to, I just wanted to uh, get you in the frame of mind because I want to talk about another story in Daniel chapter three, and there's an incredible uh, story that unfolds here. It's an actual story that happened. It isn't a metaphor for anything. Uh, it actually happened. This this event happened in the lives of three uh, Jewish men called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the setting and the scene of the book of Daniel is, is that uh, what had happened is there was a Jewish nation um, and uh, a king called Nebuchadnezzar had come into, uh, into Jerusalem and the Jewish nation. And they had, they had taken captive all the uh, intelligent young men and women and they'd taken captive into, um, into Babylon. And uh, they didn't uh, execute them, they used them uh, because they were men of great knowledge and wisdom and insight and they could see that. And so they took them as slaves in a sense, as servants in a sense in Babylon, but they, they, they would, they would uh, seek to, to draw from them wisdom and guidance and, and Daniel was one of them. And also was Shadrach, Meshach, and who? Abednego. It was some of the others who were great young men. I'm sure there were some great young women, so let's not think it was just all the men's you know, story. But the reality is, is that we see something unfolded because here we are with a bunch of Jewish people who are believers in God. Men and women who were believers in God, but they're in a in another nation that doesn't believe in God, who actually worships other heathen gods that aren't gods at all. Um, behind all that was just the devil himself. But they were in a very um, uh, uh, an environment that wasn't open to God. It wasn't. Uh, there was an environment that was actually quite dark. And you know, I don't know where you live from. You know, week to week in some senses, maybe in your home, maybe in your uh, workplace, you you, you find that you are going into a place that sometimes can be quite, uh, in a sense, it's not kind of conducive to Christianity. It's not, it seems a little bit dark sometimes. Or maybe where you go sometimes is just, um, um, it's not a good environment. And and yet you as light, that's exactly where God wants you. Because you could be light in an environment that isn't necessary kind of kosher with the things of God. In other words, it's not inviting God, but it seems to be pushing God out. And yet you uh, can need to be at that place. I don't know if you're in your, your home situation and you wish you'd ch- that would change. Because you don't really see God uplifted. And yet I want to tell you, there's a hope and a future that God can do something. I don't know what circumstance you may be in. But certainly these three Hebrew or Jewish men found themselves in an environment that was hostile to their belief in God. And yet they continued to be there. I suppose they didn't really have any other options. But they saw that they were going to make the best of a worse situation. They make the most of a bad situation. And you know, I think that's when you have God and no, you've got God on your side. You can do that. And so we see this story, and um, and we take it up in Daniel chapter 3. And we just want to read the chapter. Is that cool? Good? And it talks about, um, it says in verse 1, it says, King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, there's quite a few verses, but I just want you to grab the, the gist of the story. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubics high and 60 cubics wide. And he set it on the plain of Duca in the province of Babylon. And then he summoned the the, the satraps and the prefects and the governors and the advisors and the treasurers and the judges and the magistrates and all other provincial officers um, uh, to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So you'd see that So they've, they've got this... The image, they said, this is our God, we're going to worship it. It wasn't right. So the satraps and the prefects and the governors and etc. and all the other provincial officers assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. And then the, the herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and people of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn and the flute and the lyre and the harper and the pipe and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sounds of the horn and the flute, etc., and all the kinds of music, all the nations and peoples of every language fell down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And at this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. And they said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, may the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn and the flute and the pipes and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing what? Furnace. Fire. I love the songs tonight. That was brilliant. (laughs) That was brilliant. What's that song? Another in the Fire. Another in the Fire. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and the... sorry, is that where we're up to? Whoever does the fall down worship will be blamed. So, but there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, namely Shadrach, Meshach, and. Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you've set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I've set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the etc., if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing what? first that what God uh, then what will God uh, what God (laughs) then he makes the challenge then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand oh there's it you can see there's going to be Something happened here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, "King Nebuchadnezzar, you do not need to defend. We do do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and He will uh, able to deliver us from it, and He will deliver us from Your Majesty's hand. That's a bit uh, straight to the king. But even if it does not, even if our God does not, we want you to know, Your Majesty, that we will not serve you." Does not serve your gods or worship the image of God you've set up. Wow. Then notice that. They said, even if we don't, even if our God doesn't come through and we burn, that's okay. We're still going to trust God. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And his attitudes towards them changed. And he ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. Come on. Seven times hotter. Wow! And commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent, and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these men, firmly tied, these men who were firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Wow! That must have been hot, huh? The soldiers themselves were, were consumed by the flames. And then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men? They must have been, they had a window or, or somehow they could see into the furnace. And he says, Weren't there three men tied up and thrown into the fire? And they replied, Certainly, Your Majesty. And he said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. I just want, to, just want you to know, if, if, if you look at some theology here, we, we're not going to go into it deep, but the reality is that Jesus turned up in the Old Testament on several occasions. One was Joshua chapter 6. Another was Daniel chapter 3. And, and I clearly would believe that Jesus turns up in the fire. You know, We say, well, Jesus was just in the New Testament. No, no, no. He was, he was there from the beginning. It says, when God created the earth, he says, you know, let us. Let us create the heavens and the earth. It was talking about the Holy Spirit, talking about Jesus. And so Jesus turns up in the fire. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. See, the king's changed his tune a bit. He says, Come out, come here. So Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego came out of the fire and the satraps and the prefects and the governors and the royal advisors crowded around them. And they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. You know, if you burn some, have you ever smelt singed hair? It's a putrid smell, isn't it? Once I threw some fuel on a fire and it just came back up at me. and You know, eyebrows singed, hands singed, it stinks. Nostril hair singed. But we see here in this story, it says very clearly, not a hair of their heads was singed. There was The robes were not scorched and there was no smell of fire on them. Not a single smell of fire. And then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were able to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any... People of any national language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, be cut into pieces, and their houses be turned into poles of rubble. For no other God can serve, can serve, in, for no other God can serve in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Wow! What a story! What a story! What a turnaround in such a matter of moments! Isn't it amazing how the suddenlies of God, you can go from a most incredibly difficult situation, it seems, it seems like life is lost and yet God can in a moment sometimes can just turn that circumstance around. I wonder if you've ever had situations in your life where you just need to see something turned around. You just need to see something shift, something change. And you know, I, I, we serve a God like that. The thing I want to ask you tonight is can you believe that God like that could do it? Could you have faith to believe that? You see, in this story, I've got three little thoughts in relation to this story. And and the first point that I see in this story about these three guys is what they say to the king when he says, "You know, I'll throw you in the fire if you don't worship the gold image. And their response to the king, number one point is this, there was no plan B. There's no plan B. It, it, it It was either God was going to save them, And even if God, notice what they say, even if God did not save them, even if God didn't save them, hey, that's okay. Uh, Because I think uh, they said that's okay. We're still going to trust our God. Even if we die and burn up. That's okay, because we still trust our God. Because life is more than just the present life. There is an eternal life in God. I think they knew that, and they knew their destiny was secure. The flames may hurt for a little while, but after they died, men, they were in an eternal eternal presence in heaven, and and there's no weeping and no tears there. So they they trusted God. Now, maybe in their hearts, they probably would like to hang around for a few more years. They're only young men. But you know what they said? No plan B. No plan B. I wonder where you stand tonight. I wonder if God, if, if this God thing doesn't happen, yeah, I could always go back to what I used to do. You know, I could always, you know, I could always, uh, there's always other things I can get involved in. There's always something else. And if God doesn't seem to come through, that's okay. I want to tell you tonight there's no life like the life you can live for God. There's nothing like it. You need to, we need to get rid of our other plan B or C or D. You know, it says, um, he says that he's the way, the truth, and the life. There's no, other, no one else like him. No one else like him. You know, I, I, I've just spent some time overseas and, and, and I was just very mindful. That you know, as I looked around these historical sites in Greece and, and, and Greece, Greece and um, and, uh, and Italy, that the people they worshipped so many other idols. They're everywhere. Temples built to certain idols and gods, and they never obviously found any great um, peace in that. And it's interesting because a lot of the time, when the, the, uh, the you know the, the Romans built these temples to uh, you know exalt and worship other gods, eventually something happened where the Christians would take over the temples and convert them into churches. Uh, and amazing, isn't it? They always had to come back to the reality there's a God in heaven that is creator of heaven and earth. There's only one God and there's not many gods. There's, there's no plan B, no plan C. We've got to realize there's only one Heavenly Father who has a plan of purpose for our lives. And nothing else in this world will satisfy like the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Nothing. And I wonder if, if, And I wonder if you're so committed to this Heavenly Father that even when you're challenged... And you're in a situation where you're going to go into some kind of difficult circumstance or fiery furnace in life or some situation that you say, Oh, well, that's okay. I'll bail out and I'll go, It's okay. I'll worship your God. Or are you willing to say, no, it's okay. I am solely and wholly committed. I'm in it boots and all. And even if God doesn't come through how I think he should come through, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to serve him and love him and trust him anyway. Even if it doesn't happen like I think it should happen and how I think it should unfold, it's okay. I'm still going to trust him. Because sometimes I've discovered my agenda and what I want isn't necessarily the agenda and how God wants it to unfold. Because ultimately, even when it looks like the situation's getting worse, God has still a big picture plan that ultimately it's gonna be incredibly good. It's just that right now, maybe you feel like you're on the edge of the preface of that, on on, on the edge of that fire and you feel like it's all bad. tonight it just doesn't look good but God's just saying hey how committed are you because I have an incredible plan of purpose and while it doesn't look good now believe me it will be but you've got to just push through not run away not pick up plan B C or D just continue with the plan I have come on the second point I want to make about this story is that as they go into the furnace it's interesting um what's the what's the song Kate there's another in the fire I'll just turn my second point into that there's another in the fire there's another in your fire tonight Maybe you feel like you're, you're actually not just on the edge of the fire. You're now actually in the fire. Maybe you feel like there's just some fiery moments that are blazing around you and it's just quite difficult. It's quite uncomfortable. It's not nice. And, but I want to tell you, there's another in the fire. Isn't it amazing? We, we want, we think, it, you know... Um, We love it when everything's going well, but in the fire, I want to tell you, that's when God really is there, the greatest moments of your life, when you're in the fire. He'll meet you in the fire. He doesn't leave you alone in the fire. He doesn't say, oh, go and look after yourself. Go and work through this problem yourself. But as you yield and surrender your life every step of the way, you find that God is there in the fire with you all the time. Whatever you're facing tonight, tomorrow, this week, Whatever the future holds, I want you to know, have you been able to surrender that and be able to reconcile it in your heart and not allow worry and anxiety to overtake you, but to give it to him and say, hey, you know what? My God is in the fire with me. It's okay. It's okay. He's in the fire. Because we face some pretty difficult... Sometimes we face things we've never had to face before. And we think, what is the future here? What is the hope here? How are we going to cope with this? What's going to happen? And maybe if it's not tonight, maybe it'll be in some time in the future. I pray that you'll remember this simple truth that there's another in the fire and he's the son of God with you. He's the son of God. Whatever fire it may be that you face, he's there. He's there. Uh, You know, sometimes, you know, uh, uh, as I... um, Kind of planned this little holiday uh, myself and Michelle and Lydia had. I knew there was going to be some fire moments, and and maybe not life-threatening, but some real moments that I'd have to work through because you know, sometimes like you know, in a foreign country, you got to negotiate um, driving on the wrong side of the road, and you got to, and you know, they drive at different speeds in Italy. Like you know, 150 is kind of like generally what they kind of drive at, and it's just. And a whole lot of set of circumstances and and you know going into that little holiday i knew there was going to be some testing times in my life and 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 while i was excited Sometimes I get really excited about, well, God, how are you going to bring me through this one? How are you going to get me out of this situation? And it's where I've, I've come to this level of trusting him in situations. I'm always excited. But I find that sometimes I forget that he's in, he wants to be in the fire with me. And I forget that. And I start to turn. I don't turn my, my situations into prayer. I turn them into ex- anxiety. And God just wants you to know, don't turn it into anxiety. Turn it into a prayer of faith. Because and, and he, he's there. He's right there. He'll never leave you. It says he'll never what? Forsake you. And I found myself on my holidays sometimes doing exactly what I say, God, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting that. You know, when you're on the road and you're traveling down the road and you're doing 120 already and they're beeping you from behind to go faster, you're like, you're choking. <laughs> you know? It's no fun sometimes, other situations unfold where you get lost and and, and you know one night I remember one one evening we came back and and we were on the uh, in Florence and i was um, we were all trying to find the right train to to get back to our car park um and, and um and I, and, I, and I led Michelle and Lydia up the wrong path and, and we ended up on the other side of Florence and, and it was getting late, it was eight o'clock at night. Mind you, it's still light in Italy at eight o'clock at night. And so we ended up the direct opposite direction we should have been and, and I had to humble myself and I felt like, ah, oh, I've led you the wrong direction. And then I got, and Then we took the train back to our start point in the middle of Florence and I said, well, let's go this train. And so I did it again. I took this train, I said, we're, we're right, we've got it right. And we went, you know what? We ended up the other direction in the wrong direction about four kilometers the other direction and I got out of the I got out of this train and I realized what I'd done and I said Lydia you kind of I didn't say it so much but I said will you find the way I'm, I'm confused, and I felt disappointed with myself because I'd planned it from I'd planned this whole trip from Australia so, so so well, and I thought I had it all covered, and yet I found myself unable to get ourselves home. And finally, we worked it out together, Lydia, and Michelle, and we worked it out. We went back to the start point for the third time, and we found another train, and it took us to the car park where our car was. And then we jumped in our car and went to McDonald's for dinner. Because who wants to make dinner at half past nine at night? You know, you just want something fast, fat. And furious and we did that and then we went home and slept. But you know I just was disappointed in myself because I'd led my whole family in the wrong direction twice and you know I just needed to sometimes just and you know in the midst of that I had to in the midst of that I said God I'm run out of answers and sometimes we take what we think is the right direction and if only we consulted God from the start and say God are you there with me? He would have directed probably a lot better than sometimes we can and you've got to pause for a moment and let him and realize he's there in the fire with you he's not some distance away and if only we would consult him and look to him and trust him but sometimes the anxiety of the moment and the i've got it covered and i can do it myself takes over and we end up in the wrong direction i'm grateful there's a god of grace aren't you he brings us back to the start and says let's do this again the right way so my second point is that there is another in the fire And my third point is simply this: If you noticed, it says that they were bound, and they went into the fire bound. They, you know, with something ropes or whatever it was, they were bound. It says when they came out of the fire, they were unbound. Do you know the only thing that was destroyed in the fire was the ropes that held their hands? It wasn't their clothing, it wasn't their hairs on their body, it wasn't singed, no smell of fire on them. But the only thing that was miraculously destroyed, and I know some of you know this point, but it's an incredible point to remember that the only thing that they walked out of that fire that had been destroyed in the fire was what bound them. And I want to tell you, when you go through the fire and you've got Jesus in the fire with you, the things that he wants to destroy, the things he wants to purify is some of the rubbish in our lives that we really don't need. We need to get discarded, throw it, throw off some of the attitudes that we have that just want to destroy our lives some of the thought processes that aren't really good some of the sinful habits that we just need to break the chains of and say I don't need that anymore in my life some of those things those those um, you know the, the things that just want to consume us and destroy us they're the things that are going to be broken off in the fire and I wonder tonight if you're facing your fire and I want to tell you as much as fire can destroy fire can also destroy which isn't good in our lives because you know the process is that they would take fire and they would take gold sorry and they put it in fire and when they heated up the gold all that muck of the god as pure as the gold looked when they heated it up they found that it was still impurity and they'd wipe away the impurity and it'd become even more pure and I want to tell you in the fire the things that are impure can be just destroyed and burnt up and that's what was all that was left uh, these three young men came out of that fire and the Bonds that had held them were destroyed. And I want to say that, that you know, when you, the more you draw near to God, the things that want to destroy your life, he, the things that are no good in your life, he wants to burn up and get rid of. And he wants to make you even more pure. Not pure in the sense of better than anybody's, but just more like himself. But you've got to submit yourself to that fire sometimes. You've got to let yourself go through it, not run away from it. And you've got to realize there's another in the fire with you. And you've got to realize that the thing that really, thankfully, for the three um, Hebrew young men, um, um, they didn't burn up, didn't they? Uh, Maybe they were happy to go to heaven. Uh, That was okay. But uh, what was destroyed was that which wasn't of any purpose in their lives, which didn't do them any good. And we see, um, we said they came out. And of course, uh, because of their testimony, uh, um, King Nebuchadnezzar made a law. That everybody in the land should just worship the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo. My, isn't that an amazing turnaround? In just a matter of moments, probably over just an hour, if that amazing situation was changed. And I wonder if you just need a shift like that and you feel like you're either on the preface prefaces of a fire about to go in or you're in a fire. Or maybe you feel like you're coming out and you realize some things have been destroyed that you didn't need anyway. So how about tonight we just have the use those guys? That'd be great. Um, I had another message, but I just felt this was appropriate. I have to be honest, Um, that God just wants to speak to your heart and say, Hey, where are you tonight at? He he just wants you to know that he wants you to be sold out. Can we just stand together? Uh, We're going to just sing that song again that we were singing earlier And um, he just wants you to uh, know tonight that uh, he's gonna, he wants to be with you in everything you face. We just need to continually yield up our hearts and lives to him. We just need to continue to trust him. And you think, oh, it's, it seems so hard sometimes. And the world gives me so many options. I could do this and I could do that. I want to tell you, don't let the other options distract you from what God has for your life. Don't let it distract you. And realize, it. make a decision tonight. There's no plan B. Plan A is where it's going to be at. Whether I live or die, in a sense, I'm just going gonna, gonna to be fulfilled in that, ultimately. It mightn't feel like it right now. Make a decision tonight that, you know, um, that you're going to go for it and put it first. You know, and, and realize when you're in it, that He's there, He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And thirdly, let's realize that the only thing that is destroyed sometimes in the fiery furnaces and the trials and the struggles of life is the stuff we really didn't need anyway. We really don't need. They just want to bind our heart, to bind us up. But God wants to set freedom in our lives to be who He wants us to be. So we're going to just worship for a moment. But you know tonight, if there's a need for you just to say, Father, I'm facing one of those situations where it, 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 it feels a little hot. It feels a little, um, you know, it's not comfortable. Um, God, I just want to come and yield to you. God, I just want to surrender to you again. I just want to yield it and draw near to you and let you come and fill me afresh with your presence. uh, Because it makes such a difference in my life. So as we just sing this song, I invite you just to come before Him today. Not before me or this church, but before Him. And, and, and as you step forward, it's, it's saying, God, here I am. Just I yield to you tonight. I, I give over, hand over to you tonight. And, and maybe that is that fire that seems to be wanting to consume you. And say, God, help me to trust you. Help me to strengthen me. Strengthen me in the midst of it. That situation that difficulty I face at home or at school or maybe in my workplace or just in life in general. It just wants to continue to bombard me. God, I just need your help and your strength. I can trust you. Come on, let's just worship him for a moment before we close the meeting tonight. That'd be great. And if God's speaking to your heart, I think you just need to respond just to him, to him tonight in Jesus' name. Thanks team. When the heart is fire, another way when the walls close in. Yes, Lord. When I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning, I will know I will never be alone. There was another in the fire standing next to me there was we pray that we would be a people that would um uh, not just um go through the motions of our faith but that father would be at action our faith that we'd be people that would live actually live for you christ that you'd help us because we don't do it perfect or uh, well all the time but we need your strength and when we face the realities of life and some of the tests and the fire situations, Lord, we've got to be, help us to be reminded that you never leave us nor forsake us, and that we don't need to run from it. Sometimes we just need to continue to move on through it, and that, Father, sometimes in the midst of it, that you just want to destroy all that wants to bind us and hold our hearts in destruction, and you want to release us the freedom and peace and joy and hope and hope and love. So Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this week and we commit it to you that you'd help us. Lord, we need you Uh, and we depend upon you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week, folks. Brilliant.